0: Chapter four. It's it's a it's one verse that we're going to look at there, um, and uh, it may be a minute or two. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and read it, and then and then I want to talk to you for a, a few moments just to kind of help get us all oriented as to what I believe the Holy Spirit's emphasizing for us during this time. So Matthew chapter four verse four. It's Jesus quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. I believe it is, but um, it says this. But he answered and said, "It is written." Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's making a very important comparison here. Uh, An important comparison that we need to understand and embrace. And that is the words of God, the truth of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. Um, It is to our inward man what physical food is to our outward man. And, you know, obviously, unless we're fasting, um, you know, food is something that we not only do, On a daily basis uh multiple times throughout the day um food is something that that we're focused on that 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 we give our attention to uh thank god we we live in such a land of plenty such a land of abundance um to where you know we can it's not just about getting enough food to eat and and to survive but um you know food is an art form even um, in in our nation and um, and certainly we we enjoy food. It's it's uh, not just something we do to survive, but it's even part of of, of what we do for entertainment or fun. Um, we you know we uh, had the opportunity to eat at a, a new restaurant. Someone invited us for for their birthday, uh, uh, Wes Johnson's birthday, and we went and, and enjoyed uh, a meal with uh, with Wes and Ashley and. And uh, Rick and Naomi and, and, and Ken and Vicki, Ashley's parents, the other night. And, and um, again, it, it, I don't guess there was anything that we, we ate there that, you know, we had to have to survive another day. It was, it was more about the, the enjoyment of it. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the Bible says God's given us all things richly to enjoy. But we need to carry those same attitudes over with us uh, to when it comes to spiritual nutrition, Um, Because in the same way that we could be undernourished or malnourished um, physically and that affect our physical health, we can be undernourished or, or malnourished spiritually and it affect not just our spiritual health but our mental stability and health, our emotional stability and health, if that matter, every part, aspect um, of our existence. So again, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, we're in the beginning part of what's going to be a lengthy study. It may even carry us to the end of the year. I don't know. Um, and and we're, we're looking at what the Bible has to say about oneness, Um, O-N-E, one, and then ness, oneness. And I'm not just talking about our oneness with one another. I'm not just talking about unity in the body of Christ, but uh, specifically our oneness with God. You were created by God to be one with him. And it's a truth that is not preached nearly enough in the body of Christ. And we made this point last Sunday and I'll just emphasize it again today. Um, the body of Christ continues to struggle with unity amongst the individual members. And I think it's because we have neglected or even rejected the, the one unifying factor above all else and that is um, we're one with one another because we're all one with God. And because we don't understand and we haven't yet embraced our oneness with God, we still struggle with embracing and understanding our oneness with one another. And so for some of you, uh, this is not a new teaching. It's not a new doctrine or system of teachings for others. Um, This is new. It's brand new. And um, so we're beginning with uh, just what we're calling growing in the truth of our oneness with God growing in the truth of our oneness with God. Now, we've made this statement, and we're going to make it again because I just feel impressed that it's something I need to continue to, to either plant in your heart or water in your heart. And, and those statements are these. Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. God created you with a desire and expectation of loving you, giving Himself to you, being one with you, and filling you with His fullness by literally sharing all that He is and all that He has with you. Now, this is what I'm going to call strong truth. Strong truth. Um, I am new to drinking coffee. Um, I went 51 years without drinking coffee, and and that's a long story as to why I'm drinking coffee now. But what I've learned in the, in the coffee drinking world is that there's a such thing as weak coffee and then there's a such thing as strong coffee. And some people like it really strong and some people like it weak and some people like me like it somewhere in between. Now, when we talk about truth, and I had a young man ask me after Sunday evening's sermon, and I'm glad he did because it, that feedback Help me realize that there's maybe room for misunderstanding here. So I want to make sure we clear this up um, When I talk about truth, I'm not talking about the world's version of truth I'm, I'm talking about the truth that comes from the mouth of God every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and in that regard We, we see that there is truth pertaining to Corresponding to every area and aspect of your life um, So when we talk about the truth, the truth is a person. Jesus is the truth. Amen. And we also see that the truth is in Him. And so we can study His life and and gain an understanding, a living, breathing expression of truth in the life of Jesus. But what we looked at last week is that... The Bible talks about different levels or different degrees of truth. Um, For instance, there's some truth that the Bible puts into the category of milk, and then there's other truth, again, that also comes from God. The truth that would be categorized as milk comes from God. The truth that would be categorized as meat, it also comes from God. Amen. Now, I'm going to introduce another uh, way of, of communicating this to you this morning, and it's from the Scriptures. And that's using the word um, heavy or, or weighty, amen. Um, there are some truths that are heavier than other truths. Um, for instance, you know, sometimes I'll be teaching a class and, and, and the response from someone in the class would be, Pastor Mark, that's heavy. That's heavy, okay? And, and so, uh, now, what may be heavy to one or two people in the class may not be heavy at all to other people in the class who have heard some of those truths before, have studied them for themselves. Um, So again, what may be heavy or received as heavy for one person, hard for one person to bear, may not be as hard for another person to bear. So I'm I'm wanting you to see, though, the, the big picture here, and that is some truths are stronger than other truths, even though both The stronger one or the weaker one comes from God. The one that would be considered meat comes from God. The one that would be considered milk comes from God. The one that would be really heavy comes from God. Or one that would be considered lighter or easier to bear um, also comes from God. Are you seeing this? Now, um, the one thing, though, that we need to really embrace in the beginning phases of this study is that you cannot grow in the things of God without growing in the truth of God. And and if you think that you can become a more mature believer but not grow in God's truth, you're you're deceiving yourself. Um, These two uh, things are are linked. In other words, um, your growth, your development, your maturity in the things of God is directly connected to, directly linked with you growing in the truth of God. And we could say it this way, in greater degrees of God's truth, greater levels of God's truth, greater measures of God's truth, or greater weightiness of God's truth. Growing in those things, again, is how we grow. Now, I'm wanting to really keep this positive and upbeat this morning amen, and and just kind of ease you into some things. Um, But the truth of it is this. Many born-again believers, many born-again people, many born-again believers, reach a level or degree of truth they are comfortable with personally and refuse to grow any further in the truth. Are Are you hearing me? Now, Listen to me, please, and, and this is one of my recovery maxims. It's something I teach at the Foundry. But it is, I think, applicable. It's also applicable here. And that is, a lot of times, someone in recovery, um, they will allow what they already know about recovery from addiction, keep them from learning what they don't know. Because we can learn some good stuff, and, 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 and the good stuff that we've learned help us in our lives, but we not push on into other things that we don't yet know. And so again, the, the maxim is don't let what you know about recovery keep you from learning what you don't know about recovery. And the same, I think, is true when it just simply comes to the truth of God. There, there are a lot of people who uh, have laid hold of um, the truth of God in some way, on some level. And that truth has made a difference in, in their lives. To you know, in, in, in some way, on, on some level, uh, but they think that they somehow now have become experts. That somehow they've you know reached a level of where things are better in their lives, and and now they've gotten comfortable, and and they don't want to push into um, the stronger truths. For some folks, that's that's truth pertaining to worship. And, amen. Um, in the sense that you know. They maybe were raised in a denomination that, that did not lift their hands or clap their hands or that sort of thing. Um, and, and so, you know, they don't want to push into the, the stronger truth from the Word of God that, that we're not to, to worship God as, as we choose. Um, as, as, as pleases us, but in the way that he spelled out in his word, amen, for us to worship, we getting kind of quiet up in here, that's all right. So here's the point again. Many born-again people reach a level or degree of truth they are personally comfortable with and refuse to grow any further. Remember, it's harder to eat meat than to sip milk. It takes more time and requires more effort to prepare, serve, and eat meat than it does to prepare, serve, and drink milk. Now, we mentioned in the beginning, Matthew chapter 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Just stay with me this morning, alright? I believe that, in, in our world today, our gravitation towards quick and convenient meals has unfortunately carried over into our spiritual nutrition. <laughs> Amen. Again, we we live in such a blessed country where food is not only in abundance, it's it's very quick. It's it's very convenient. We we have drive-throughs. We have microwaves. We we have uh, pre-packaged meals. And and I'm not here to rail against all of that. Um, but you know, there's still something very enjoyable about a a home-cooked, made from scratch meal, and not just for the sake of our enjoying the food but all that that goes with that home cooked meal um and and enjoying that with with friends and or family are you are you hearing me there's a, i'm hoping that just by me mentioning that it it kind of stirs something you know in your heart about it because there there is something i think that um you know a, amen we, we don't practice that. I know that I don't practice that. Um, it's it a very busy life, very full life that we're living, and I'm sure the same is true with you. So we gravitate towards physical food that is quick and convenient. And a lot of times, the quick and convenient um, doesn't necessarily have the best nutritional value. Um, and, and again, that mindset is carrying over into our spiritual nutrition. Um, you, you know, they have uh, uh, milkshakes now that are, are prepackaged that you don't even have to refrigerate. You know, you can shake them up and, and peel the lid back, and there's protein. There's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of, of, of stuff in there, you know, that's good and healthy. And if you drink those, I'm, listen to me, I'm not, I'm not knocking that But there's truth that that we absolutely must have in our lives to go further into the things that Father God has for us that doesn't come in a a prepackaged milkshake. It it takes time and effort to prepare it, to serve it, and then to actually eat it, to to, to chew it up, to, to take it in. Um, it's not just that it requires time and effort to prepare and serve, it requires time and effort to eat and digest and for those things, um, spiritually speaking, of our, our spiritual nutrition, to become a part of us. To become a part of us. Okay? Now, my assignment, my assignment from our Creator is to feed you. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't you know, necessarily mean that everybody that came here today is wanting to be fed. Hey, I, I, I just got to do what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And what I'm supposed to be doing is I'm, I'm supposed to be feeding you. Amen. And, and, the, and the Bible says that part of your assignment is that your, your assignment is to desire to be spiritually fed. And that desire begins with a desiring of the sincere milk of the Word... Because as a a newborn baby in Christ, we desire the sincere milk of the Word. Why? So that we might grow thereby. In the same way that if if, if a baby is is not getting the the, the milk, the formula, the mother's milk that that baby needs, that baby's not going to be healthy. That baby's not going to grow. And and so in the same way, as spiritual babies, we, we need the sincere milk of God's Word um, so that we can grow but but listen we, we can only grow so far on the milk at some point. We have to transition in into uh, the, the, the meat of the word uh, which again requires more time and more effort on the one preparing and serving the meal and more time and more effort on behalf of the one who is present to consume the meal Amen now I want you to go with me to Galatians chapter 4 and verse number one and I am I'm so excited to teach you about our oneness with God and um, I thought we would be there halfway through the message last Sunday but obviously we're now halfway through our third message on this subject and we're still talking about the truth of God in particular, and, and, and how that affects us um, individually. And there's a reason for this, because l- l- listen to me now, and, and hear me well, please hear me well, okay? The truth concerning our oneness with God is among the strongest truth in the, in the entire Word of God and only because I don't know everything, right, I want to tell you it is the strongest. And, and, I, and I feel pretty confident that it is, but amen, I'm, I'm going to leave a little wiggle room there um, just in case there's something I hadn't learned yet that, uh, that would supersede this. I will tell you this, it is the truth, it is the truth the devil fears the most, now our enemy, he doesn't want us knowing any of God's truth, because if the truth's what sets us free, it's not knowing the truth or believing a lie that keeps us in bondage. And since the devil makes his living by deceiving us, the less truth we know, the easier his job becomes. And he only comes to steal, kill and destroy. Amen. And he affects the, the stealing and the killing and the destroying in our lives by deceiving us. So the devil doesn't want you to know any truth from God. But since you're here this morning, he's clearly lost that battle. But I believe the one truth, you say, well, that would be salvation, Pastor Mark. Now, because there's a whole bunch of folks who are born again. But they still haven't come to the knowledge of the truth concerning a lot of things in their lives, especially their oneness with God. Doesn't mean they're not saved. Doesn't mean they're not saved. So I believe amongst the strongest truth that is in the Word of God for us has to do with our oneness with God. Amen. And I believe, hands down, it is the single truth the devil fears the most. Once a person hears the Word of God, he's lost that battle. Once a person hears the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom and is born again, the devil's lost that battle. He doesn't stop fighting, though. In other words, let me say it another way. One of the reasons why he doesn't want you to get saved is because when you get saved, you become a threat to him. But the greatest, the people who are the greatest threat to him who have ever lived are the people who have embraced the truth, who have grown up into the truth of their oneness with God. Jesus said everything he did on this earth, he did because he was one with his father. And that if we understand our oneness with the father, we will do the works that he did and even greater works. This is all found in John 14. So this this is that last line of defense that the devil fights so hard against. And I'll show you this in scripture. Jesus said a lot of things that irritated the religious establishment who were being manipulated by Satan. But nothing infuriated them more than when He said, I'm God's Son, I and my Father are one. They tried to throw Him off a cliff when He said these things. They tried to stone Him to death when He said these things. So anyway, we'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just, I'm, but, but you say, well, why are we not talking about that, Pastor Mark? Why are we talking about the truth? Because I'm trying to help you understand Why growing in the truth and the stronger truths, the heavier truths, the weightier truths, right, are are what we need to do in order to grow. And listen to me. It's the stronger truths that challenge us. It's the stronger truths that make us uncomfortable. It's the stronger truths that that are, uh, how do I say this? They, they, they tend to work against the convenience factor in our lives. And so we, we tend to avoid those truths. They challenge religious traditions. They challenge things that, that uh, you know, we get together with our extended families on Thanksgiving or Christmas and, 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 and the subject comes up about the Word of God. It, it, it challenges what's talked about around those tables in those settings. You see, this kind of truth will alienate you from nominal Christians. It will will, will alienate you from legally-minded, religiously, traditionally-minded Christians. It will separate you from the world. It will separate you from carnally-minded believers. Strong truth. Strong truth. All right, Galatians chapter 4. Let's dig into this in the time we have remaining. He says this, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, is not different at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Now, we teach extensively on this in discipleship class. I'm going to try to touch on it here for just a moment because it's, it's such a, a milestone passage. In the first three chapters of the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul has laid out line upon line, precept upon precept, who we are in Christ, and why we are who we are in Christ. And he concludes at the end of chapter 3 by saying that we've been baptized into Christ, we've put on Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither male nor female, there's neither bond nor free, right? That we're all one in Christ Jesus. He, he, he establishes all of that. Then it seems like he begins chapter 4, verse 1, by undoing it all. He is not undoing it all. He's trying to help us understand why those things are true about us right now, but we're not experiencing them in our life reality. And this is what he says in this, again, milestone passage. Now I say, now in light of what I just said, now I'm going to say this, that the heir, as long as he is a child, is going to live much like a slave, even though he's not a slave, even though she's not a slave, but is master of all or Lord of all. The English Standard Version says it this way, I mean that the heir, we're an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. We we have inherited the blessing of Abraham. All these things he talks about in Galatians. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Now, he goes on to explain the answer to this. And the answer to this is to submit ourselves to, to governors and tutors, to trainers, to, to people who, the discipleship process, to be taught, to grow. But to grow in what? To grow in the knowledge of the truth. Now, the, the unraveling of this verse, the, the, the uh, untying, the unpacking of this verse Lies within the understanding of what it means to be a child. And it is a threefold definition. Someone who is a child is, first of all, someone who is ignorant. And ignorant just simply means you don't know, and if you don't know, you don't know. Number two, this word child means someone who is immature. This is speaking of development, someone who is not developed, not growing. Okay, And then the third part is someone who is unable to speak on your own behalf. Unable to speak on their own behalf. So when he says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is ignorant, immature, and unable to speak on his own behalf, is no different from a slave. He's going to live like a slave, even though he's not a slave any longer, is actually the owner of everything. Ruler of all, Lord of all, is what uh, the King James Version says. Now, let's think about this here for a moment, because he's telling us how to not just grow up, but he's telling us how to grow up into who we are and what we've been given, what belongs to us right now. As long as we're ignorant, as long as we're immature, and as long as we're unable to use words as tools and weapons... We're going to remain as a child and live more like a slave than the heir and owner and ruler. Remember, the Bible says that we rule and reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Did I lose you five minutes ago are you still with me? All right, now, go with me to Ephesians 4. Let's tie a few things together. In Ephesians 4, some familiar verses. We've been back and forth between these verses now for a few months Ephesians 4 let's begin at verse 11 and he himself speaking of God the Father gave some to be uh, 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 apostles I'm sorry Jesus I should have started early but let's just start here Jesus himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers if you notice there's a comma there For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. There's a comma there. The edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. Do you see that word perfect there? That doesn't mean without fault or without error. It's speaking of maturity. To a mature man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's talking about you and me growing up to be like Jesus that we should no longer be children. Because as long as you're a child, ignorant, immature, unable to speak on your own behalf, you're going to live more like a slave instead of the heir, owner, and ruler that you actually are. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's some very elaborate and poetic language, but he's simply saying that we would what? That we would grow up in the truth so that we would not be so easily fooled, so easily tricked, so easily deceived by things that are not truth, that are not the truth from God. Verse 15, notice there's a comma at the end of 14. Verse 15 begins with a lowercase b. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Okay? Now, let me, I mentioned this verse earlier, but let's go back to it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Let me just kind of give you some verses real quick instead of you trying to find them in your Bibles. Just, I'll put them on the screen, Okay. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. Okay? Now, look at what he's saying here. This is really, really, really important. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the born-again believers in the church at Corinth. These are a whole bunch of folks who have just been born again. Well, I say just been born again. It was a new church, newly established church, pioneered work. Um, And so he says that when he was with them previously, he fed them with milk and not with solid food because they were not able to receive solid food. They were not able to receive the solid food. So he had to continue to feed them with milk in preparation of getting them ready for solid food. Are you seeing this? Because they were not able to receive it. And now he's saying that they were what? They were still not able. Okay, let's go to the lips of Jesus. Mark chapter 4, verses 33 and 34. And with many parables, He spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, He did not speak to them. And when they were alone, He explained all things to His disciples. Okay, now, why are we looking at this verse? Notice that when Jesus taught the multitudes... He always used a parable or a come parable. He, he would tell them a story about a man who planted some seed. Or He would tell them a story about a woman who lost a coin or a man who lost a sheep. Or, are you following what I'm saying? A man who had two sons. Notice it says that He spoke the Word of God, the truth of God to them as they were able to hear it. Not as He was able to deliver it. Jesus knew all things, Right? But he had to speak to them on their level. Are you hearing me? He had to speak to them on their level, on their level as they were able to hear and receive truth coming from his mouth. I'm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, again, are you seeing the different levels, the different degrees, the different layers some weightier than others. Some easier to understand than others. Some that there's an earthly example to use. Um, but there's other truth that there is no earthly example for. And so, again, this is, this is going to be a weightier or heavier uh, truth, amen, that, you know, is, is absolutely positively needed in our lives. Okay, let's keep going. John chapter 16. In verse number 12, Jesus speaking, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Let me go back to Mark 4. I'm going to put it back on the screen. Notice that when Jesus was along with His disciples, He was able to serve them spiritual nutrition because they were able to bear more of His truth being delivered to them than the multitudes were. All right? Do you see this so he knew it but he wasn't able to teach it to the multitudes because they were not able to hear it but when he would get along with the disciples they were able and so he was he he would tell them things uh, that that he would would not say to the whole crowds of people right so now but now in John 16, Jesus is speaking to the disciples and He says, To them I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So this is something even that was beyond the disciples' ability to hear it. But I want you to notice that He uses the word here, not, not H-E-A-R, but B-E-A-R. You're not able to bear it. So this carries us back to the weightiness of it, the heaviness of it. In other words, Jesus is saying, I've told you guys some heavier things than I've told the multitudes, but there's still things that I need to tell you that are so heavy, you can't even bear them now. Okay? So this is truth even on another level. Come on now, truth on another level. However, when He, Jesus said, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Okay, I know I'm about out of time. Let me just at least introduce this next section. Turn with me now back to Ephesians, the third chapter, Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going I'm to read these verses to you. I've read them to you many times in the past. I'm going to read them to you again. And then... But this time I want, you to, I want you to see something, amen, that um, hopefully is really going to speak to your heart, okay? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, For this reason, Paul speaking now, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you. So he's praying that God would grant you and me, that he would grant us according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Let me keep reading, I'll come back. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So now he's talking about a degree of truth, a strength of truth, truth that is so strong. Let me say it another way. Truth that is so heavy Unless the Holy Spirit gives you strength in your inner man, might. He used the word might, like like Mighty Mouse, right? Mighty. Strengthened with might by God's Spirit in your inner man, you will never be able to bear this truth. Are you seeing this? To summarize, singers and musicians, if you would, please come. The Holy Spirit through Paul praying for us to be strengthened inwardly by the Holy Spirit so we will have the ability to know truth that's beyond comprehension. But to what end? So we may be filled with all the fullness of God. So as we've already stated, some truths are heavier than others. This is why Paul prayed for us to be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in our inner man. So we can bear this heavy truth. The last, I left it up on the screen, the last phrase of verse 19. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I offer to you this morning that that phrase is among the most amazing and quite frankly the most outrageous phrases in all The Word of God. Outrageous meaning shockingly bold to the point of being startling. That you may be abundantly filled with the abundance of God. That you may be filled abundantly with all that God is and has. That you may be filled to overflowing with all that flows from Him. What 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 did Dorothy say to Toto? We're not in Kansas anymore. We 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 we're not we're not in denominational religion anymore. We 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 just that that phrase that that phrase what's what's the saying separates the the men from the boys, the women from the girls? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He's talking about a quality of life, a a condition of life, and a state of existence, a state of being, a state of reality. This side of heaven that would fulfill the prophecy from the Old Testament where he talks about his people experiencing days of heaven upon the earth. Those, Those are the days that we live being filled in abundance to overflowing with everything that flows in abundance from God himself flowing from our lives. Do you understand what I mean by we're not in Kansas anymore? You, 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 you don't You don't sadly, but you don't hear these things talked about. Let me, let me tell you why. It's strong truth. It's not, it's not comfortable. It's not convenient. It's not easily chewed up and swallowed. It's not easily digested to the point that it now becomes a part of us. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, I'm praying for you that you will be strengthened by God's Spirit with His might in your inner man so that you can bear this truth, so that you can receive this strong truth, that it not stagger you, that it not quite frankly do what it does to a lot of people, crush you but that you are able to bear up under this truth and experience and enjoy the benefits and results of this truth in your life. Listen to me, please. God has so much better for you and me than we have ever tasted or experienced in our lives' reality. But there's only one pathway, my brother and sister, that will get you to that life reality. And the trailhead of that pathway is marked by these words, Stronger Truth Ahead. You don't get there with milk. You don't live there with milk. It takes stronger truth to live in those realities. Amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Father. Can I can I just I just bear my heart, my soul to you for just a moment, if I could, please. I've asked the Lord if I could just preach something else. Matter of fact, I've even asked Him, and I'm I'm not sure there's not a little element of truth to this, and He's just being gentle with me, okay? Am I stalling by talking about the power of truth and not just getting straight on into the truth of our oneness with God. Amen. I've asked, I've asked him to help me with that and to be honest with you, amen. I think part of it is some of this needs to be talked about, maybe not quite as long as we're talking about it, but Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just lift a hand to Him. Father, we say yes. We say yes to Your truth. We say yes to the things that You are bringing us into. We submit ourselves to Your willingness to stretch us and grow us with the stronger truths from your word. Father, that we are not like those Corinthian believers that couldn't be given solid food but had to continually be fed milk because they weren't able to bear the stronger truths. Father, thank you that you have been conditioning us and preparing us and and, and positioning us for such a time as this and for such a revelation as what you are bringing forth to us. So Father, we humble ourselves. We submit ourselves. And we ask you, Father, to strengthen us by your might with your Holy Spirit and our inward man that we might be able to bear the stronger truths and the solid food so that we might grow Lord if we grow by the milk then how much more will we grow with the meat so that we no longer be children father living as slaves when this world is dying for your children to step up and be the the mature body of Christ that you created us to be that this world needs us to be so glorify yourself father in the church glorify Jesus in the church forever and ever forever and ever praise God praise God let's sing this together this morning Thank You Holy Spirit if you desire a place to pray or for someone to pray with you these altars are open but let's just